0: Barack Lurie Show. I'm the producer Ari David. Barack sometimes uh, makes remarks and I'm here. Well, I'm here and I'm introducing you now. The man, the myth, the legend, the brilliant Barack (laughs) Lurie.
1: All right. Well, the man maybe. Uh, Always a pleasure. Thanks a lot. All right. All right. So today, uh, a topic that I think will resonate for, for a long, long time and that is the topic of cart before the horse thinking, right? You've heard this expression before, right, Ari? Yes. It, it uh, basically means, hey, look, you're putting the cart before the horse, meaning that your logic is such that one does not follow the other. Okay? And the, the, the cart always should follow the horse. So what do I mean by cart before the horse thinking? What, what, where are we seeing it? We're seeing it in so much of liberal ideology, but to some extent, social ideology as well. Let me give you a couple of examples that come to mind right away. One, uh, climate change, of course. Here is a, a whole ideology that says that the earth is warming and it's caused by the increase in, in carbon. But the facts suggest very strongly otherwise. We, we know that the facts are otherwise. Um, in fact, the, the, the heat, that the temperature was already rising, and then the carbon Seems to follow after the, the heat So that is an example of car before the horse thinking It's a causation issue, right? So in other words, they have to make They want to justify it And then they say, well, here's the reason for it As if somehow, they, by saying so, it'll make it happen Look, my father once did a, a fantastic cartoon As, as you'll recall, he's a, he's a political cartoonist He's retired now But he always did such brilliant cartoons, and one of my favorite ones that he did was he would show a president, it didn't matter necessarily, but a president trying to show that uh, whatever accomplishment he achieved, he meant to achieve all along. I I meant to do that, right? So you see him, uh, the president, in the cartoon form of course, with a bow and arrow, and uh, he shoots the the arrow, it goes into a wall. And then, after it goes into the wall, the President goes to the wall and puts a bull, you know a target around it as, as though it had gone directly to make that bullseye, right? So that's the way it is so much with liberal thinking. they They, they say uh, that, that they say that they want a, a particular a program and and they've achieved it. So here's another example where they say that the economy is doing so well, and the reason why it's doing so well is because of all the uh, all, all the great programs of the liberal policies, including Obama's liberal policies. All right, okay. Well, I guess you can't really argue it. We unfortunately don't have an alternative universe where John McCain or, or uh, Mitt Romney might have won, right? We don't have any of those alternative universes. So we, we have to just rely on what we actually do know. But I can tell you that, that to argue that the economy has done well under these liberal programs yeah, it's, it's really, it's arguing uh, that, that it's a, the most effective way to get from here to New York City is by rolling you know riding on a unicycle. It, it makes no sense, right? So, car before the horse thinking. And now we have, you know, they, they look back on time and, and you see all these things that they've done, a 0.5% growth at, uh, in the recent quarter, and no better than 3%, in fact, substantially less than 3%, for all the quarters in the past eight years, which is very tepid, it's it's an anemic recovery at best. And then they say, well, that's what we intended all along. That's what you should expect. Whereas, of course, they were telling us in the very beginning that it should be 5%, 6%, 7%, we promise you all these things. Uh, But now, uh, the the facts say otherwise, well, then they say that's what they intended all along. Okay, cart before the horse. And, and uh, can, let me just
0: help with one point on that, because we hear this term over and over, growth of the economy, right? After eight years of Obama, most people don't even know what growth of the economy is. So let me ask the question, you can answer it. Is that kind of like interest on a bank account? So. Five uh, percent growth means if I put hundred dollars in a bank, the next year it's worth one hundred and five dollars. That's right. Essentially, That's so. Essentially if you right. have a seventeen trillion dollar economy like America has, you should have an economy worth
1: seventeen trillion plus five percent of seventeen trillion right, the next right. year, which is a
0: lot of money.
1: Right. Gross national product basically is what we're looking at. That that means that how much are, if we were to pool together all the the goods and resource, uh, good goods and services together. Like if we're one big team, right, and we all get together at the end of the year and say, "All right, how did we do?" Right, just like my law firm, I mean, or, or any business for that matter. A donut shop, they say, "Well, let's look at our revenues from this year compared to last year." Well, last year we made one million dollars, and this year we made hundred and uh, you know, sorry, a million and hundred thousand dollars, boss. Okay, well, that's a ten percent growth, right? And likewise, gross national product. Is exactly that they they've, they're clipping along on a quarterly basis, at least at 0.5%. That's that's really bad, okay. When you consider all the because that comes out to two percent a year. So for a country, no, 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 uh, no, no. no sorry. It's at the rate of it's it's at the rate of 0.5%. Oh, 0.5. So it, if it continued on the same way, it would be 0.5% for the year. Oh, for the year,
0: right? It's simply,
1: okay, it's the pace that we're going at. All right, that's so it's it's quite bad. It's bad in consideration of the fact that we have a growing population, right? So every person needs to be contributing all the more. Likewise, it's bad with with all the immigration that we have. Well, you know, we have all these new bodies to help us uh, do whatever needs to be done. Well, where where are their services? Where, in where other are the, words, they are not
0: doing a lot of the things that need to be
1: done. Yeah, where are, the, where are the fruits of their labors, right? So it's not good. And a recession, of course, is when you actually... Uh, pull back, and we actually make less in the way of services and products than, than what you did previously. Bad stuff is happening here.
0: All right. Uh, so, and I'm uh, glad you clarified that. Because so often, you know, we say, speak in terms of what was this number and percent of growth, but it doesn't give to the listener necessarily the clear understanding right. of how important that is. That yeah. that's a big number.
1: Yeah, and and what I said is in broad strokes, but that's really the basics of it. All right. Uh, Here's another example of car before the horse thinking. Um, (laughs) I mean, a classic example is that, you know, traffic jams cause sunsets, right? Right? Well, no, it doesn't. I mean, they happen to correlate, uh, and that because you you are in a traffic jam doesn't mean that you've caused the sunset that you're now seeing. No, it's because you happen to be driving home at 6 p.m. or so, and therefore— the tra- you know the sun sun is going down. It happens to co- you know coincide with the time that you're driving, so it would be it'd be wrong to say that. In fact, the sunset doesn't cause the traffic jam either, right? They just coincide, and and that's the problem with global warming. They, they things are coinciding, but they're assuming that one has caused the other, and and ne- neither has caused it. Neither. If anything, the high temperatures have accelerated the increase in carbon, but not vice versa, okay? It just doesn't happen. And they don't look to any other possible causations, like the the fact that we're coming out of the Ice Age, the Little Ice Age, as they call it, which started in the year 1300. But here's one of my favorite ones, and, and what actually prompted this whole podcast idea, and that is you hear this phrase trotted out all the time, that boys and girls... Tend to prefer the toys that they do And the actions and activities that they like Meaning that boys prefer action toys You know, swords and and guns and things like this And running around and being boisterous and such And girls prefer being quiet and playing with dolls And playing tea and such like that Um, Why? Because they've been socialized to do so Right? Socialized And, um, but if that were the case, you know, I, I... I mean, it's it's a little bit bizarre to think about it because it's so easy to, to shoot down. And and why do I say it's so easy? Because it, could it be that the ads and our norms that we have with boys and girls are in response to human nature, not not controlling human nature, right? I mean, it, it, it's so it's so funny. It's like why <laughs> that notion that. These advertising companies will say I've got a great idea Let's separate boys and girls We've got two different markets all of a sudden <laughs> I love it boss, go with it Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll have the, the The girls play with the dolls And we'll have a whole new product line for them And we'll have uh, boys play with I don't know, uh, little toy cars or something Boss, you are a genius <laughs> Let's do it <laughs> You're a genius, Mimsy, a genius <laughs> And and that's what they would like you to believe, instead of the fact that yeah, advertising just kind of dovetails right into human nature. And, and so it should, right? That's why you see so much sex in beer commercials and, and everything else. I mean, a, a car, a muscle car especially, that's designed for men, they will put a very pretty, scantily dressed woman uh, in that ad because it's just It's very sexy. It's, and it's designed to get a man to be excited to, to buy that car. I mean, I've entered the zone of Mr. Obvious, I suppose But this is, but, but we have to deal with these things these, that, that, that somehow the ads cause the differences in boys and girls All right, and here's another ridiculous Sorry, another reason why this notion that somehow it's socialized is so ridiculous, right? Okay, so if it were socialized Then you would expect that parents who didn't even know that their son was gay Or transgender, for that matter that they would socialize them if it's so easy, right? You, you would socialize that boy to, to not like pretty things, to not like the color pink, to not sometimes dress in girls' clothing, right? That's, But no, it, it turns out human nature takes over. And it's, it's the, the liberals, the far left at least, that will insist that uh, human nature is, is static, it, it, it's fixed, and we have to honor them for what they uh, they believe. They insist that uh, homosexuality is is truly static and fixed. Well, but but wait a minute. I thought you said that everything was socialized. W- which is it? Which? And and the fact that they cannot possibly uh, what, what's the expression square that circle. Uh, the fact that they can't do that is is just a, a great testimony to the. Um, inconsistency of liberal thought that, That's the main thing So great cart before the horse Thinking uh, In so many different ways And I think you made a point Ari Offline as well Like well wait a minute If you're blaming the ads and, and such And all the advertising how, I, We, we can not presume that um, In time immemorial A thousand years ago Hell 200 years ago Before there was any advertising whatsoever um,
0: On TV and radio, yeah, because there was no TV and radio. Well, there was
1: no advertising at all. Well, there, I mean, maybe newspapers. Was. No, I'm talking about 200, 300 years ago. So let's let's use 300 years ago. Okay. There's there's nothing of significance, okay? So, there. So so what? So does that mean that all people were transgendered at the time? They were gender neutral in every respect. How did this happen? Oh, okay. Well then then will answer Well, that was because of function of society and the norms that were expected at the time, and that the parents themselves were basically telling the children to fit into these norms.
0: Yeah, how did the Victorian uh, gender roles happen without the Coca-Cola Corporation telling the men and women to behave like men and women? That's Corsets right. Corsets and gowns for one. Yeah, And yeah, exactly uh, right. stiff upper lips and waistcoats yeah. for the other.
1: And yet, as the left will correctly point out, there, w- there have been gay people for a long time and presumably transgendered people for, for time immemorial. Okay, so how did it ever get to be that way? Yeah,
0: but you know it's really interesting. I think we've talked about it before. How is it that homosexual male behavior in the past had very little relationship to what we see now as the stereotypical portrayals of the homosexual man on shows like Modern Family? You don't see modern homosexual portrayals of, of gay people acting naturally, if you will, on the whaling ships. Or on the merchant marines right, right, of right. ancient times, yeah. or uh, in the French Foreign Legion, <clears throat> right. you know, where these were, you know, violent soldiers and highly masculine people.
1: Right, right, exactly. <laughs> you, right. Know, yeah, you just don't see that. <laughs> the other thing, and it, it, I hope but, but, this. But going, but going back to the to the the homosexual part of it, the gay uh, population. I mean, a lot of people will say that men are drawn to the visual. I mean, Dennis Prager brought a, a great. Um, uh, a Prager University video on this exact subject. He said uh, that the men are drawn to the visual. And uh, to the women that say, no, 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 that's a socialization. You know, we women could easily be uh, drawn to the visual if only we were not uh, taught otherwise. And you men could, could learn to appreciate uh, a zaftik, which is a euphemism for overweight women. Um, Who is not necessarily as attractive In the classic uh, advertising sense That you would be drawn to her If you saw her beauty from within as, Like we see uh, about men And uh, okay Well if that were the case Then how come you know, men Still seem to be drawn to men Only in a visual sense It's not as if men uh, uh, Homosexual men that we're talking about It's not as if a, a, a father of a gay man Will say okay son Well now that you're gay let me teach you how to think about men, <laughs> right? And hubba hubba look at look at that man's derriere, <laughs> nice package, right? No, <laughs> that father's gonna you know, stray away from that altogether. He's not gonna coach his his gay son uh, as how to be attracted to another man. I mean, it's so absurd. I and I see this now with you know with my own my own um, self. I I have uh, two boys and one girl, and I I don't. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't even teach them How to be attracted To the opposite sex I, I just don't even think in those terms It's just going to happen by itself And if, if my son were interested In playing with uh, more feminine Oriented toys uh, You know, I'd, I'd be bummed a little bit Only because I, I would Be worried about his comfort And and his ease of life later on But if that's what He needs to play with And that's what intrigues him I, I You know, I I guess I, I wouldn't stop him.
0: No, the only bummer, honestly, as a father that you'd have with that is that you have to play with the toys of your ch- children's selection. Oh, and yeah. And unlike you, I, I don't have sons, I have girls. So I'm stuck playing doll with houses. their dolls Yeah, that's true and I, As a guy, I don't want to play with dollhouses right. I have to, and I want to make my girls happy So I will sit and have a little tea party with them right. But I'd really prefer if we could just throw <laughs> hand grenades at a target
1: Yeah, it, it is easier when you're, when you're dealing with uh, a kid of the same uh, gender Yeah. Can I
0: make one quick point about yeah, yeah. The, the concept of the socialization th- uh, hypothesis That the liberals point forward? So we're supposed to believe that the liberal who classifies big, evil, greedy corporations as big, evil, and greedy, we're supposed to think that they automatically want to segment their markets and only sell their big, greedy products to only half the population?
1: Right. That's
0: because the right. they just want, because they have an agenda to socialize the sexes? Yeah, that's right. You would think exactly the opposite. So if I'm a toy manufacturer and I make a toy gun, I only want to sell it to the boys and limit my market to half? Yeah, why would you do that? Why? Right. You're, oh, I, uh, I make dolls, and I don't. I, the CEO, the board of directors, we're, or I should say, the chairman says to the board of directors. I know we make dolls, but I want to make sure we don't sell a single doll to a single boy in all of America and the rest of the world, just because you know I right. don't want to make our bottom line too good.
1: Well, yeah, that, that's right. And and you know the funny thing is that advertising actually responds to the actual demand of the consumer base. So they they know, for example, that there are some girls. For example, who are interested in toy cars uh, Building things, Legos And even uh, lightsabers and such But there are are not as many So what you'll see on the TV shows And for that matter in Lego building things uh, It it reflects that proportionality Okay, well, girls uh, don't seem as interested But there are enough of them that are interested in that And And if they were interested in it more Then, you know, God bless them, we'll make more of it and they'll buy more of our stuff. Why would we? Why we would advertise anything else? And and you know, I can tell you from Lego's point of view that there is that there's sometimes a uh, you know woman-oriented character character, but and that's even for the girl who likes girl stuff, right? Legos that are traditional uh, house you know housekeeping sort of stuff, not housekeeper, but you know you understand homemaker stuff. That's what I meant. Uh, tea parties and all that stuff They have Legos for that But if the girl <laughs> wants to, to build a battleship She can do that too And they're not going to not, not advertise to girls If they're interested in that
0: yeah, we have a set of, like, outer space Legos, and one of the scientists, uh, you know, operating one of the computer terminal stations is a female Lego character. Right. And then we have a Lego fruit stand where you build your own, like, little farmer's market with cherries and strawberries, and there's an orchard, and and it's all girly girl stuff, and it's my girl's favorite one, even though I'm doing little socializing experiments on them, and I try to get them to play with the Stormtroopers and Rebel Alliance characters that shoot guns at each other. Right. No. They want to take the laser blaster part of the gun and turn that into a
1: blueberry over in the fruit stand. Yes. Uh, I, it, that's so true. <laughs> you know, it's funny. As a, as a guy, uh, as a father, we are... We actually want our daughters to be a little bit more boyish. Of course. Uh, because uh, part of it's selfish, because, you know, frankly, that's what we like. Right. Right. So if they want to play a lightsaber game with me, uh, you know, p- pretend to be lightsabers, let's do it. Yes. <laughs> right, right. Yes. Uh, but I would never say, no, no, sweetie, that's just inappropriate for you. Okay. Uh, I-, I can see a, a father, to, to the credit of those who believe in socialization, a father being a little reluctant to encourage their son. To, to, go, to go play, you know, pretend baking, for example, or put it on an apron or, or wear anything pink. And I think even a mother would be a little bit reluctant to that effect. Uh, fair enough. But on the other side, please, uh, you know, Sally... Uh, Karen, whatever your, your the, the girl's name is, let's watch Star Wars. Oh, that's the bad guy. Here yeah,
0: he or, comes. Or go into the backyard and throw a ball around yeah. or play football.
1: Nothing or, wrong with that at all. Uh, yeah. yeah. We
0: as fathers, we evil conservative men who want to keep women down are the first ones who are encouraging right. our daughters to play boyish games with us because that's what we like.
1: Right. Now, <laughs> you know? For the, for, for the far left listening to this, um, Ari was using uh, sarcasm as a form of expression. When he just said, "For we conservatives who <laughs> want to put, what did you say?
0: Who want to keep girls down, or whatever right. as I said, right. uh, "Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, disclaimer. This that is, was sarcasm. We don't right. actually want to keep. We want to keep girls down in your perspective, liberal, which is right. a lie."
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a sarcastic moment by R.A. David. Right. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Thank you. I That's forget.
0: Right. I forget liberals and small children and pe- small pets right. don't get sarcasm. So <laughs>
1: small <laughs> pets. Uh, the following program shall contain sarcastic content. From all right, uh, you know it's it, it's actually very interesting. We we um we have to be very careful with what liberals uh, are always advancing, and and this leads me to the next point. Uh, I you, you hear a lot more about sensitivity. We, we talked about car before the horse thinking, and there's you know, plenty of other examples we can give, uh, but but you know, I, I want to kind of move on to a different area, which is somewhat related, and that is, and it reflects liberal thinking. This is, have you heard about this Ari, where where universities and a lot of other places have something known as trigger warnings? Of course. Yeah. Okay.
0: I'm usually the picture that they put <laughs> on the trigger warning. We, we may they come on campus. Yeah.
1: Put put aside the the irony that the word trigger refers to a gun and might upset them for that very reasoning, but. Yeah, the but, most dangerous part of the that's right. ironic. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that you're supposed to, uh, the, the gist of it is this, uh, that you're supposed to, as a university professor, for example, or a high school teacher, uh, advise in advance that you're going to be talking about an uncomfortable subject, you know, so long as you can figure out what the uncomfortable subject is. That's the trick, I think.
0: Right. It's kind of like uh, on TV back when there were only three networks and they said, The following program might contain adult situations.
1: Right. You just don't know what it is. Discretion
0: is advised. It's basically that.
1: Yeah. You just don't know what it is. (laughs) But but they'll talk about a subject. And, for example, if they talk about um, uh, rape, you know, it's very discomforting to some people to hear about that. Uh, But if you're in law school and you're studying uh, criminal procedure, you, you know, you better get ready for the word rape to come out from time to time as uncomfortable as that an ugly a word as, as that is, it's a reality, it's a crime, and it might actually be in one of your criminal cases, which, by the way, is done by case law, all right? So this that's an issue. Um, but that's that would be a trigger warning. We're going to talk about, um, I don't know, uh, the pressures of business life. We're going to talk about ISIS and how horrible they treat uh, the gays and the women and such like that.
0: Or we're going to talk about Huck Finn and certain language Twain has used in Huck Finn, right. well, which a has a word that might not be okay in right. common
1: parlance. We, we are actually—I'm actually reading that with my son right now—and uh, that word uh, that is not in common parlance anymore, referring to black people, uh, is so is so prevalent in that book. I mean, it's not just one time; it is like every page. There is uh, there is that word. So anyway. Putting that aside uh, the Trigger warnings are, are out there And the notion is That you, you're supposed to protect these, these people And to the extent that they do feel Emotionally attacked for whatever reason Then the university Or the high school will, will provide What's called safe rooms For the purpose of making them feel more safe At which you can find some cookies And orange juice uh, to your liking
0: And warm milk Warm, and oh, you very can important. stay until the part that required the trigger warning, and adult supervision is advised, and then right. you can come back into class. And mm-hmm. you're, I've heard they will adjust your grade that if you flunk the test because you didn't get the material taught during the trigger warning window, they will grade you on a curve, taking into account that you couldn't handle what was warned.
1: Right. So I I, I learned about this, and, and so I, I'm hearing, okay, well, this sounds like it's just... You know, a phrase that happens from time to time and from, from this or that university, but that's not that common as, uh, as we may think. And the reality is that, in fact, it's very common, extremely common. So who, who knew? But it is that this is actually institutionalized, believe it or not. in at UCLA, at the law school there, I, I talked to one professor there recently. I won't uh, mention his or her name. Uh, and uh, this person was describing how, how deep this trigger warning business runs. You, you are so uh, on top of yourself to self-censor because you don't know how you might be upsetting somebody. So I'll give you an example. This person comes into the classroom about five minutes late. This person says, oh, I'm sorry I'm a little bit late. I, uh, this person's a lawyer. I had to pull an all-nighter, and um, so you know, I had to get this, this motion filed, and, and so here I am. And uh, that, that person went on with the, the lesson, and then later on, the dean of the law school uh, called in this person and said, um, what were you thinking? <laughs> like, what do you mean, what was I thinking? Well, uh, a student expressed uh, his frustration with you. The student was a, was a, a man. Well... Uh, that's I'm, I'm using only the technical term. He was actually a boy in all respects because of uh, of, of this attitude. But he was offended and felt a trigger warning would have been uh, better had you explained to them ahead of time that uh, that this that by, by working, uh, pulling an all-nighter, that this would not be a routine thing as a lawyer. And he was afraid, afraid, you know, that uh, by doing so, that that you're basically telling him. That he's going to have to work all nighters and not necessarily have his his desired eight hours of sleep every night. This was, you know, very upsetting to him. And the, 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 you're this, serious. I'm serious.
0: That's a good one.
1: Yeah. That, wow. Uh, it, it, right. I mean, it just blows you away.
0: Well, I thought he was going to. I honestly thought when you started the anecdote that he was said uh, I was late, implying or inferring some racist connotation about. Oh, being yeah, Late no. as a. Oh,
1: that that happens all the time anyway. Yeah. Um, but, but uh, the what,
0: warning. So he felt worried, and he he went into snowflake mode at the at the prospect that a high paying job would require the loss of some uh, sominal activity <laughs> yes. at the expense of getting the job done for
1: a client. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, so, so wow, yeah, it it blows your mind, right?
0: Well, and, and and it's not even part of the curriculum he's no, being taught. Not at all. Not it's at just all. it's just a human interaction. Hey, sorry if you will, boss, yes. because you're the students paying. You're the boss. I'm
1: providing you the service. Then I'm late. I, this right. is my excuse. Right. This this teacher, this professor, uh, uh, the, the, the class that this person was teaching had nothing to do with. What the real life is like with uh, being being a lawyer? Nothing like that at all. Even though it was
0: it, a law school class,
1: it was a law school class. Okay, with with students who are at least twenty two years old, each of them. So it, it, it's a. And, lo- and none of them had to pull an all nighter to get into UCLA, or their <laughs> well, that, schools that that uh, who knows these days? I don't know what these lazy uh, these kids that that need to be coddled so much. So here's what I'm thinking: I want to give a trigger warning for this podcast. And for, in fact, for all podcasts to come. In fact, I'm going to give you a trigger warning in one word. Life. Okay? Life is a trigger warning. How about that? It requires a tip trigger warning. That's right. It requires it. So. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) I'm I'm going to make the.
0: (laughs) you, You know what you need to do? You need
1: to open every show. With that. Yeah, well, I agree. And every podcast. We will talk about Trigger warning. If, you, if you're a liberal, you may not like this. In fact, you may realize how stupid some of your thinking is. And that might be very disturbing to you. Yes. Yes. Oh. All right. So life. So here's the subject. And here's... I'm going to teach you about life. And here's the warning that I have for you. The trigger warning, as you like to call it. First, you may fail in life. Okay. Second, you may fall in love with somebody. And that person... Doesn't like you. Oh, I tell you, it's going to be tough. Trigger warning, all right? You may discover that you're not good in the sport of your choice, right? The horror. (laughs) The trigger warning. Even if you are decent in the sport of your choice, you may not be number one in the sport of your choice, (laughs) okay? (laughs) You may not be the smartest person. Somebody else might actually do better than you grade-wise than you, There may be somebody who may be a valedictorian of your class other than you. You might have to deal with it, okay? You may have a sibling that excels in life better than you. You won't like it, okay? Somebody might have a car that that looks fancier than the car that you can afford, and you might be jealous. You'll have to deal with it, okay? (laughs) Shall I go on, right? Somebody might uh, have, uh, just be prettier than you. You'll have to deal with it. Somebody may die earlier than you or be, you know, have a lower cholesterol than you, and it's just not fair. You'll have to deal with it.
0: A transgender woman. Or man using the woman's bathroom might be equipped in a more prodigious way than you, a man using the men's room.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, that would be, yeah, that that, uh, that will that's a very much of a trigger warning.
0: There. That's hard to deal with, but uh, to right.
1: deal with it. <laughs> uh, some people will uh, will not think that you're very funny, and and will boo you off the stage if you're a comedian, right? If that's your chosen profession, you'll have to deal with it. Okay? Life will have many hiccups.
0: That one hurt, brah. That, <laughs> that one hurt. Oh, that's right. That's right. You're a comedian.
1: Oh, my God. Oh. oh, how about this one? Uh, if, your, if your chosen profession is being an actor, you may not get the coveted spots that Tom Cruise and Oprah Winfrey and all the other actors, that Tom Hanks and someone like that, that, they, that you may not be getting those same positions. In fact, you may be working as a waiter. For most of your life Hoping for the, the latest commercial gig To feed you a little bit A couple hundred dollars here and there Okay, Trigger warning right? This is the way it's going to be And this classroom Where I'm teaching you this It may make you feel bad That that's going to happen But even the grades that I give you Somebody's going to get a better grade Than somebody else And you're going to have to deal with that too all right? Your Your emotions Mean nothing in life. And that's, I think, the ultimate trigger warning. Nobody cares about you the way you think they care about you or that you want them to care about you. You know why I know that? Because you obviously don't give a crap about me or anybody else in this classroom. So, as my son says, it's a doggy dog world. <laughs> dog eat dog world right but he calls it a dog eat dog world it's a dog eat dog world and and that's the reality and until you embrace that reality and demand of me to give you all these trigger warnings we're going nowhere in this class and you'll go nowhere in your life good luck and then I drop the microphone and I leave the room I'm don't go away Dennis Prager here. If you have a business or real estate dispute, I strongly recommend that you call Barack Lurie. Barack, you had a case involving a $220,000 promissory note and you won a trial, but later discovered that the defendant had transferred all his assets? Dennis, when judgment debtors don't want to pay, they may shift assets over to their relatives, asking them to hold them till the coast is clear. How did you get the payment? The defendant had transferred title to two commercial buildings. We convinced them to admit it was an illegal transfer. That led to a great settlement with guarantees from relatives with penalties. And don't you know, they're making payments every month on time, like clockwork. I'll say, another success. I trust Barack Lurie with my own legalities. Call him at 866-575-8111. That's 866-575-8111. Fighting for what's right, Barack Lurie at Lurie & Seltzer. 866-575-8111. And now, listen to The Barack Lurie Show, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. here on AM870, The Answer. Back in. All right, today, uh, we, we are facing a very bizarre Democratic prim- uh, primary convention, upcoming convention, I believe, in August. And then, of course, before that, the Republican convention before then. Now, look, we try to make things timeless, and I, I do want to maintain the timeless feature of our podcast. And they are, right? We talked, just for example, about car before the horse thinking. Uh, but nevertheless... One of the things I find very interesting is that because conservatives tend to be grounded in their belief in God and, and basic, basic conservative principles, that while, yes, we do have our, our differences and such, we kind of remember where the, the center of the universe is or the center of gravity is, and, and we may stray away from it, but we, we always have an idea of, of how far we've strayed and where from. By contrast, the the Democrats are the equivalent of the party that that gets uh, kidnapped, put in a trunk, (laughs) spun around in the car over and over again, (laughs) 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 thrown into the ocean, (laughs) popped out, and then uh, put in a plane ride. And you just have no idea where it is. So, that's so, that's yeah. so brilliant. No, that promise no, me no, use that on a Sunday. I show. will, I will. I promise you. But, well, but again, where, 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 where were we? <laughs> that's right. They have no idea where they came from. Okay, so they're, they're, they're truly lost. And Republicans, well, we know where we came from. And Like, like I said, we might be straying far, but uh, the string is still there, and we can have a sense of the center of gravity, like I said. And, and here we see it. Don't we in the and we're talking about the year 2016, and whatever happens will happen in the election things. I'm not. I'm not really going to start predicting things, and I'm not, I'm not even going to express uh, value-laden judgments about Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, Trump, or or formerly Cruz, who was in the in the now, race.
0: No, you're just talking about this. I think you said in the pre-brief on this. You're talking about this from a historical perspective because right. it's been a very anomalous, interesting year.
1: Right. It's, it really has been, hasn't it? And and what we're seeing is the... the, the Let's talk about the Democratic fight first. Uh, we have a fight between Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton. Uh, they are really going at it. And Bernie Sanders, if he's smart enough, he would say, well, gosh, you know, Hillary Clinton's going to take this nomination and, yeah, I'm going to fight her, but I, I want a voice at the convention and such. But uh, you know, somebody who, who, who would actually do justice for the liberal cause would say, well, you know, the right thing for the cause and to, to make sure that Hillary wins is for me to bow out, maybe gain a position in her administration one way or the other if I really want to see some change. But no, I, I have to kind of go all over the place. And that's that's what he's doing. And so he'll sabotage the entire uh, Democratic Party for the sake of his beliefs, forgetting about what the core beliefs of the Democrats are, and I don't think that the, the Democrats themselves know what the core uh, uh, benefits of the Democratic Party are. I don't think they have the slightest clue anymore. They'll say, "Hey, we're about the small guy, right?" But they're not about the small guy. The, the, they'll say the, the, the sound bites, but that, that, those are just sound bites, my friends. It doesn't mean a thing.
0: It just Unless official, you have action. Just for official case, because I know it, because I've heard it enough. What they're for? They're for education, equality, and the environment,
1: the three E's. Oh, so okay. that's what they. Easy to they're remember.
0: all ambiguous. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, so they mean nothing. Yeah. But those are the words they generally use. Right,
1: it's, it's like as ambiguous as the phrase social justice, right? It means absolutely nothing. But social justice means uh, what you want it to be. It's it, In a sense, it's like uh, when people voted for Obama. They were voting for some someone that they wanted him to be, and everyone had a different impression of what he's like.
0: Yeah, what he would be, and that word was change,
1: which could mean anything. And and again, exactly right. Yes. So this—it's this aimless, amorphous body called the Democratic Party, and we're seeing it in action with Hillary on the one hand, who herself is amorphous. She's not about anything, right? We've talked about this before too. Bernie Sanders, yes, he's about socialism, but he doesn't even know what socialism is. He can't, he can't convey it He doesn't understand himself he doesn't, uh, No man 74 years on the planet Can advance socialism If they actually understood What socialism meant okay? it, It's clearly something else in his own mind Than what you and I know What socialism is You want to know what socialism is Go down to, to Argentina And Venezuela Now Go, go there Have yeah, fun Today
0: Right now,
1: drop everything, yeah. go there. You'll find <laughs> the great glory of socialism at its best. Yeah, and check out a supermarket yeah, in the exactly. in the uh, hinterland, yeah. you know, among the normal folk. And, and the reason why we say Venezuela and not Cuba, because Venezuela only recently decided, over the past few years, that it wants to go fully socialist, under Chavez and such. So they implemented all these socialist programs, and it got worse and worse. It was it was tolerable for the time being until it got. Not so tolerable. Until it, just, it collapsed, until which it was collapsed. like this
0: week. Right. It finally collapsed.
1: We're, and, and
0: just for the listeners who might not know, I'll just fill in all the, the details here. What does collapse mean? It means instead of going to the supermarket for meat, for like chicken meat, to put in your taco. I know Venezuelans don't eat taco. It's a pupusa, most likely, but whatever. Thank you for They're clarifying. now, they're now <laughs> slaughtering the cat or hunting pigeon
1: or squirrel. Yeah, it's, it's it's pretty. There's much no that. food. So, the, so the point is that they don't know what socialism actually is, and that's real socialism. Uh, and if you want socialism under Bernie Sanders, nobody seems to know what, what it's like. I mean, it, it's kind of like uh, going on a date and a blind date, and someone tells you, "Well, you'll go out with this person," <laughs> <laughs> right? And and in your mind's eye, you, you you say, "Okay, well, you imagine this beautiful woman." Right, and another person, I, I, I might imagine a beautiful brunette like my wife. Uh, you might imagine a beautiful blonde like your wife, right? Oh yeah, that's, and she that's is beautiful. what I do. And, uh, and and another man will, and, and vice versa. And and little do you know that not only is it is it a, you know, a midget, <laughs> uh, it's it's actually a man because I said a person, right? And and he's ugly in every respect. He's lacking all sorts of teeth. And there's under no circumstances would you be attracted to this. And he's got several diseases of all kinds. <laughs> and he's so, not even charming at dinner. <laughs> not even, yeah. And he won't even pay for crying out loud. All right. At least he gets something out of it. And then he didn't even want to sleep with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but that's what socialism means to so many of, of the followers of Bernie Sanders, right? It, it means what they want it to mean. They, they make it the beautiful woman that we just talked about. But it ain't so. It never will be a beautiful woman. You see, the difference, and, and where the analogy falls apart, is that at least on a blind date, hey, Barack, I wanna set you up with some a, a woman, uh, there's a chance that she might be beautiful. She might be attractive. There is a chance. And, without all doubt, it's at least a woman. Right, there you go. And 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 that that is, you know, the, the pitfalls of blind dates is that there's so many of them, they don't work out, and, and even if, if she or he is reasonably attractive, you know, there's personality issues that don't work Okay, but there's a chance And that's why you, you have little but, you know little butterflies in your stomach You know, hoping, well, maybe this one is the one, right? But under socialism, there's no such scenario There's no chance of it, of it ever being attractive uh, And why do I say that? Because no country in the world that's ever adopted socialism has ever worked In other words, it's an island of uglies, okay? There ain't nobody here that's pretty Period. Or good-looking, handsome, whatever. This island is the island of the uglies. Okay? So th- this is the problem for, for Bernie Sanders. It's the problem for, for Hillary Clinton. It's a party in search of itself. It, it doesn't have a storyline. It's constantly trying to figure out its way. Just like the guy I told you about who was kidnapped and tossed around and, and spun around in a car. They don't know. They have no idea where they are. None. And until they, they figure that out, I think that they'll, they, they may win. I'm, I'm not saying, like I said, I'm not making a prediction of it. But it doesn't mean simply by winning that they're right or that the ide- ideology is right. It only means that they were able to fool enough people and to fool a hell of a lot of people enough to win a majority. That's it. Do you understand that, my, my dear listener? That's all. And many people think, and many of our liberal friends included, think that if the liberal wins the presidency or for that matter, a Senate race or otherwise, that therefore they were right, that their policies are right, that everything they believe is right. And it ain't so. It just means that they won the race for the day by hook or by crook and often by crook. That's the way it is. I'm I'm sad to report all this because I I see that, you know, going back to Trump and neither Ari nor I like Trump. Uh, Ari dislikes him so much uh, that he, he may actually consider voting for Hillary because he wants to make a point. I disagree with that concept very vehemently. I think that we have to vote for Trump. I will literally hold my nose as I vote for him if he's indeed the nominee. But nevertheless, say what you will about Trump, he at least... He at least understands that he belongs to the Republican Party and that it's a conservative party, and there are basic tenets. Now, whether he he'll, he'll hold to them is another story. I get that, I get it. But there's a chance that he will. Just like there's a chance that the the, the, the woman that's that you're being set up with on a blind date might be attractive.
0: What's that? Um, the point? It's a it's a joke from something. It, it slips my mind right now. Where. Uh, someone says, uh, What are the chances of this? And they get a, a response that basically says statistically zero. And then they go, See, there's a chance. What's, what's, <laughs> I remember that? Oh, I, 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 from a movie? A movie, TV show. It's a famous piece of comedy that we say. Anyway, know. you cite it sometimes. Right. it'll come to your mind. Okay. See, that's my attitude towards Trump is that, okay, so there's a chance. But that chance is pretty close to zero anyway. H- um, and and yeah. if he were to hold to his rhetoric, I'm all for it, okay? Just please do what you're saying if you If you say those offensive things and you're going to do the offensive things you say, I'm in buddy,
1: right. My concern is he's not. he doesn't need it. <laughs> well, like I said in my Sunday show, I, I think that there's there, there's there's cause for cautious optimism that he will do these things and and here's why somebody who is that brash and he is brash, I mean to the point that. You know, brash is almost a polite word to describe him. He he's an ass. He, he he has a very bad judgment in the words that he chooses. But here's the good news. If you unleash him on the rest of the world, he will not try to be danced to be polite to anybody, and that includes uh, Putin, China, you name it. And he doesn't care what you think. And I like that about him. He's he's in a little a little bit like. Uh, you know, they're, they're all those movies Where they have this, you know, radioactive thing And, you know, look If you grab the radioactivity and somehow harness it And throw it at the bad guys at the right moment uh, You're, you're going to be In a good position Let's use him Let's use his brashness for us I want him on my side There, there are many times I, I have uh, We work together in law With a, with a co-counsel because of, Either because there's a there's a legal issue that goes above and beyond what we're able to do. So we handle a particular area, and they handle a particular area. Or maybe they represent one party, and we represent another party, and it's the same issue. Um, and many times I find myself saying about the co-counsel that I now am faced with, I say, I'm so glad to have you on my side. <laughs> I would never want to be on the other side of you. Right? And, and we t- I talk with my partners about, about this sometimes, like, wow. We'll call a, a guy named John. It actually happened at a case. He was so brash um, and so mean, <laughs> but he's mean to the other guys, and that's good, right? Yes, he's kind of a snide and, and a, kind of a jackass even to us a little bit, but the, the main <laughs> thrust of his blowback is, is, on, is on the bad guys, all right? That's what I want with Trump. I want him on my side. I'd much rather be on, on his side of the gun. Let's put it that way. I don't think he'll turn it on us and try to kill us at the same time. All right, so, that yes, is that hope? Is that mere hope? To some extent, it's hope, but I don't know if it's just mere hope. I think there's some cause for it. And there's a lot of other things that I mentioned about, about playing chess. He sees that chess is an important part of the game. I think he really believes, and I think he's actually effectuating this, and again, it might be my wishful thinking, that by... Uh, saying these things sometimes that or attacking to the middle like talking about the minimum wage for example i think he thinks he's just going to play the game i mean he does lie we know that he lies uh, i don't think he'll yeah, lie yeah we
0: just have to hope the minimum wage stuff is a lie and not that border fence right. <laughs> you know what no, i mean no i, I you're right <laughs> i'm so spun around <laughs> now like a democrat who's been abducted <laughs> i don't you know
1: no i think i think at the end of the day look he's he's certainly not wanting for money He's not. He's not looking for the presidency as an opportunity to make himself rich. You yeah.
0: sure about that? I'm, I'm <laughs> quite, that's no. Thing.
1: I think I think he's interested in power for sure, but in terms as as an opportunity to make himself more rich, I, I don't see that. Okay, um, but uh, the the point I wanted to make about him is that he is. Um, all right. So now I I recall. Uh, it's like uh, playing poker, right? Every poker, a good poker player, by definition, what makes him a good poker player is that he's a good liar, right? By bluff, they call it bluffing, but there's no a good poker player is not somebody who always manages to get a great hand all the time, right? A good poker player is somebody who sometimes gets a good hand, sometimes doesn't get a a good hand, like the rest of of us. It's a pure chance. Yeah, it gets
0: you to not play your good hand,
1: right? And it gets you you to believe that he's got a great hand. And he'll bluff at the right time, and he'll sometimes fold at the right time to make you feel that that uh, that he doesn't have a good hand when he does have a good hand, and and so that so so he bluffs you so much at the right moment that that you he basically hauls in all the money, right, all the chips from the center of the table. And I think that's Trump. I think that's the way he plays it. Um, you, you wouldn't say a good chess player is all about lying, right? It's not. It's about strategy. There's no lying in chess. It's all lying in poker And so he'll say, for example About the minimum wage He said, I'll revisit the minimum wage I'll take a look at it He didn't say, I'm hereby going to adopt The $15 wage Because he didn't want to be locked into that And I I understand that But if you look at it from a poker player's point of view A bluffer's point of view That was a brilliant move I want you to think, you, my liberal friends That I'm open to the idea of minimum wage I want you to see in me the possibility that I'll go your way. And now that you voted for me, F you, I'm going the, to the right. And I, I think that's, that's a, a there, there are a lot of actions that he's undertaken that are consistent with that. So he would have to be, by, by contrast, he would have to be completely opposite if he were to somehow do the opposite of the immigration stance that he's taken. Um, because that would be way, way different than the very cornerstone of what has propelled him. To the Republican nomination So I, I think we're okay there Anyway, I have some hope for Trump uh, But it, the point here that I'm trying to make Is that the Republican Party Still has a, an understanding Of where the center of gravity, gravity is And the, the Democrats have no sense Of the center of their own gravity And, and that's a, a problem for this country It's not because it, that, that, that doesn't give me joy in it, By the way, in any stretch I want, and you want, Ari, to have a good, strong Democratic Party, one that actually listens to the people and to their actual demands, not one that is, that is seeking only to increase its own power.
0: Well, as a point of clarification, I want two strong parties, because multi-party systems always result in bad government. Right. I want two strong political parties, each with some crossover values and some divergent values. And I want both of them to be clear as to what they exist for, yeah. so that when one political party has been in power for too long and grows arrogant and, and uh, sclerotic, you can vote for the other without too much of a,
1: of a sacrifice of values. It might be like what you said before, the knife and the whetstone at the end of the day, because I think that the Democratic Party really offers nothing in terms of their actual policies. All of them are destructive. And it's a little bit like uh, when God uh, punishes the, the Jews or, for that matter, the, the, the non-believers uh, by way of imposing a destruction in their worlds or, or letting destruction happen to them, better yet. And the, and the reason for that is that they've fallen away from their way. And when, when we Republicans fall away from our conservative principles, that's when we fail. And that's when the Democrats use that against it. That's when they have their opening. It doesn't mean that the Democrats' policies are, are good policies by any measure whatsoever. It just means that we have faltered. When we are true to our principles, we prevail. We do well. And the economy does well. When the Democrats uh, stay true to their principles, they, they win and the, the economy falters. It does terribly.
0: That's right. And We're you, all punished. Yes. And when you have a Republican Party that stays too, true to its principles, this is the best part of all and is successful electorally, then the Democrats moderate and mitigate the the extreme elements in their midst, and they become more Republican-like. Right. That way you have two parties in which the Republican Party is a conservative constitutional party, and the Democrat Party, if God forbid they win, well, all you get is essentially a rhino, well, which that, is a good situation right. to have. Yeah,
1: That would be nice. But yeah. at the end of the day, you have a party... Uh, you're talking about the blue dog democrats and things like that essentially
0: yeah. yeah which don't exist they anymore don't ex- no, but i'm no. talking about in years yeah.
1: past look we've said before that the the party of uh, the conservatives is a party of order and structure uh, and the the party of the democrats is a party of chaos and and, and that's very important and it's it's actually very it dovetails nicely into what we talked about last week do you recall we had a very good discussion with uh, Amanda Washington our uh, our, our our, our guest, and we asked her point blank: Are there any distinctions which you would fight for? And she was unable to answer the question. You'll recall there was a lot of silence, and uh, and she just didn't know. So, so she said, "Well, I'm, ultimately, she said, I'm for equality. Like that's not a distinction. W- that, that doesn't mean anything. What is the distinction that you are willing to fight for?" Yeah. What is Good a and difference? evil, man and woman, yeah. you know, old and young, things like this. And uh, if you can't understand that, then you know maybe you're working on a whole different operating system than we are. But we, we conservatives at least, work on an operating system that understands the world in terms of distinctions. And and chaos is the opposite of dis- distinctions, right? That's that's the whole point of it. You cannot have Structure for example without distinction That's when I go to a lot of lawyers offices and I see paper all over the place. That's chaos But in a sense, it's a lack of distinction isn't it you haven't put the appropriate papers and the files where they belong and the books you know away from the floor and onto the shelf and that's that's it. You don't we don't like chaos Yeah, and to make but a- somehow for the for the liberal party Chaos is a perfectly acceptable mode modus operandi. It's not It can never work and and when you, when you grow up on this planet, on this planet at least, you should eventually understand this basic principle and understand that liberalism can never offer structure. When you get to the structure, let me know. Tell me what that structure is. Because just like there's no structure uh, in the Democratic Party, there will never be structure in its future And I I fear for it because you and I both believe, Ari, that we will have, uh, we have to have a a party on the Democratic side that works well. Until they work well, we can never be our true selves either.
0: And just to clarify what we mean by distinctions, it means it's as simple as different things do different things. You don't use a knife to eat soup. You use a spoon. You use a sharp knife to eat soup. You wound up with a cut throat. You really do. Yep. You don't send a kitten into battle on the front lines. You send a soldier. It's, it's that simple. There's right. nothing racist, sexist, Islamophobic, homophobic, and intolerant well, about. Wait. It is specious. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yes, guess it is, yeah, but it's okay. ineffective, too. You send kittens to battle for your yes. army, you lose, yes, okay? Yes, there you go. And what was so striking about um, our wonderful guest's lack of willing to put herself on the line to even pick one is because the thinking that uh, one would make a distinction is now looked at as a bad thing. And it's, it has nothing to do with good or bad It is simply a distinction
1: Right, well there are some good distinctions And some bad distinctions Like we talked about last week on our, on our show Podcast with Amanda And, and she, she said Well distinctions can be very bad And I said yeah they can be And some distinctions we want to get rid of For example the distinction between black and white Black people and white people Or for that matter minorities of any color And any other color It's not appropriate it, Those distinctions don't make it But you liberals are the ones That make these distinctions You need to understand it That's what affirmative action is It's a distinction policy Isn't it? Right? You are distinguishing this black person And saying he must or she must uh, Have uh, be admitted to Harvard Law School Or medical school or whatever uh, On a different standard You're making the distinction, not me You're elevating it You don't realize the distinctions you are making all the time My liberal friend But but our distinctions are, are good distinctions and, and,
0: we're, and we're also willing to admit that Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and it's as simple as we, will, we can
1: distinguish between a red car
0: And a blue car
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's the, true. They are different All cars are the same my friend All of them In fact all cars and all bikes are the same in fact, all airplanes and all modes of transportation of any kind are exactly the same.
0: Whether it has wheels, a, ki- a, ki- a tiller, or wings, they're all the same. That's right. That's why cars float. You can take a car and go across the ocean. That's right. And, there's no- and it's racist if you tell me I can't.
1: <laughs> right? Or take this car over a cliff and expect it to fly. Yes. I do expect it to fly now. Yeah,
0: but, that's the, but that's the simplicity of the logic that we are begging our, our fellow human beings who have different political and philosophical viewpoints just to acknowledge. We're not even telling them, you know, you have to think like us. You know, we're not expecting cloning brain cells here. We're right. just asking for an admission of the obvious.
1: Well, and, and listeners might now be saying, these guys are really going off the, the rails here. I mean, this is, this is making no sense. And yet, and yet, the biggest social issue going on right now is that there should be a right of a man who feels like it to go into a woman's bathroom, and there'll be no consequences associated with it. It's exactly like, exactly like the car I just mentioned that's going to go over the cliff and expecting it to fly. It's exactly like it, because the distinction between men and women is the greatest most important distinction, most important, I, I know that sounds crazy, but I'll explain why. That distinction, if you don't have it and emphasize it and glorify, in fact, that distinction, your civilization will collapse. How can I say that with such great comfort and ease? I'll tell you why. Because it is women that civilize society. We talked about this on my Sunday show, but it is they who emphasize the, the, the aesthetic, the beautiful. They're the ones that are constantly making a, a, a demand for improvements.
0: And commitment to each right. other the, the whole concept of family is held together By maternal activity
1: Right, the, the structure itself yeah, is And expected.
0: scientifically proven Because the child, the offspring Comes out of the woman It well, bonds that's, that's, with the woman first I it's, think it's the it's, core
1: of everything I think it's symbolic, but I think you're right Look, she. have you ever noticed a woman You know, one of the, one of the digs on women Is that they, they always try to change a man Right? You hear that but guess what? Have you ever found a woman who's trying to change a man for the worse?
0: Yeah, you don't carouse enough. Go carouse. Yeah, yeah.
1: Go go, go take more drugs, you know. Go, uh, go carouse with the other woman and such. Yeah, like, hey. you're not drinking enough. That's right. You, you need to quit your job as often as you can. Go going welfare. Yeah. No, no, of course. Honey, you're not bringing enough prostitutes home to the kids. <laughs> exactly right. With you. What gifts? Yeah. What more tattoos, please. <laughs> right. Um, anyway. Of course, that's all absurd. A woman will try to change a man. Why? To make him better. That's the whole point. And a man doesn't try. That's not his main mission in a woman. What he's attracted to and drawn to is beauty. He, he's truly motivated by sex and beauty, and, and he wants to be attracted and to pleasure. his wife. And pleasure. pleasure. Well, that's part of it. That comes from it. Yeah, but, but but he wants those things, and that's the thing that motivates him to improve. And women want to naturally improve themselves as well in their own way, but it's improving the man. If you can't have that distinction, if you don't understand that basic uh, core essential difference, you, you, you will not have a society. Imagine a world where, for example, and this goes into sex, if all women wanted sex uh, as, as often as men wanted it, uh, and sought out pornography as, as often as men sought it out And such like that You would, you would have a, a world where nothing would ever get done Why? Because you know, A man and wo- a woman would look at each other And just say, okay, well, I've got my parts And you've got your parts And you know, I feel horny right now And hopefully you feel horny too Let's, let's, let's have it Let's know? see if the parts fit Yeah, <laughs> and it's just you know, and, and we don't have to have an emotional commitment to it anymore It's just, I'm having fun, you're having fun Uh, It's basic basic self-gratification Just using each other, right? So this is the issue that they have Um, Now I I think without Without uh, understanding that core distinction You won't have a civilization ever And yet This is the the, the one thing you're seeing Among the left Is that they are pushing As far as, as they can To destroy the distinction between men and women As much as possible All the big issues of the day At least the ones that draw so much emotion And a lot of crying And and people hugging each other and such It's not the minimum wage It's not about higher taxes It's not about more regulations It's not about Even abortion It is about anything that That deals with sex You will have people saying It's all about love And what's wrong with two people Getting married What's wrong with a a person's feelings being accounted for based upon what they feel like. That's what you're seeing. Okay? And in the same way that we're getting lost in all that, that's what the Democratic Party is. Equally lost. It's the party that doesn't know whether it should go into the men's room or the women's room. How do you like that? I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk with you next week.